And greetings, everyone. This is Terry Naturally with another edition of Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here every Saturday and Sunday morning from 8 o'clock until 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. And I know many of you are listening in the local area from our radio broadcast in the Green Bay, Wisconsin market in the Central Standard Time in the USA. But did you know that many of you can tell your friends or family that are outside of the local listening area that they can go to my website, which is terrytalksnutrition.com. There you can listen to our radio show on your computer. You can listen actually live, although you have to change your times wherever you are to be on the same time as we are in the Central Standard Time. So if you're on the West Coast, we are on at 8 o'clock, you would be listening at 6 a.m. in the morning. Or if you're on the East Coast, you'd have to listen at 9 o'clock because you're an hour ahead. Or anywhere around the world, you have to adjust your times to be on the same time we are here in the Central Standard Time. Also, when you go to our website, all the shows that we have aired in the past are archived in our radio show section that you can bring up anytime you want. You don't have to be controlled by time. You can just pull them up whenever you want, whenever it's convenient for you, and listen to our radio show. While you're there, though, if you want our newsletter to arrive at your email address on Friday, it's a weekly newsletter free of charge. You can subscribe to our newsletter. And also, we have archived many, many of our newsletters that you can read anytime you want. We are trying to make more information available to you because you and I are the only ones responsible for our health. Drugs are not responsible for health. Drugs don't promote health. And doctors don't know anything about health. They're looking for a disease and a drug that will control the disease or lower the risk of the disease. But they don't instill health or know anything about health and nutrition. Their whole med school is on drug therapy, surgery, chemotherapy, depending on the degree of the doctor. So you and I have to fend for ourselves as to what makes us healthy. So we try to give you ideas on how you can become healthier and just share more science and evidence-based information and ingredients so you can become healthier. And if you want to learn more, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter, but I'm more active on Facebook. Terry Talks Nutrition on Facebook. Also, I sometimes have things on my personal name. It's not always Terry Naturally. I do really have a real name, Terry Lemerond, L-E-M-E-R-O-N-D. So if you can look at Facebook under those names, you'll find more information on a lot of topics. Also on YouTube. 
My channel on YouTube is youtube.com slash Terry Talks Nutrition. And then you can listen to me and even watch our new podcast with Terry, yours truly, and Dr. Lynn podcast. You can also listen and you can watch our podcast on terrytalksnutrition.com, my website. Also, you can listen on any one of your favorite podcast platforms, which includes Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Listen Notes, Player FM, Audible, Deezer, and Podcast Addict. So we are trying to give you more variety of platforms that will make it easier for you to listen and watch the Terry Talks Nutrition shows. So we have a whole lineup of information today that we don't want to take up too much time with all the kind of housekeeping, I guess. Give you better ideas on what you can do to improve your health. And don't forget my books. I have published six or seven books this year. They're available on a variety of topics. And you can also buy them on terrytalksnutritionwebsite.com website. You can also buy them on Amazon. And you know, we bring you a lot of information every hour, but we're only here two hours a week. But when you have a book, you can read all that information And you can take time to read it. You can reread it, underline it, highlight it. I love books. I don't like to read on a computer. I like to mark up books. I like to hold a book. The only thing I never, ever, ever do to a book is earmark it. I don't like to bend a page. But I highlight all the information that I want to remember. And then sometimes I go back and just read the highlighted portions from the first reading. So information, education, and knowledge is your power because it helps you understand more what you can do for the rest of your life. So right now, this show, today, we're going to talk about cholesterol. We need cholesterol. We can't live without cholesterol. We should never try to lower cholesterol. Forget about it. Cholesterol is your friend. It is so much your friend that our creator who created our bodies instilled a mechanism of action that creates cholesterol because we can't live without it. And yet doctors still are brainwashed to believe that cholesterol is bad and they are trying to lower it. That is absolutely baloney, poppycock, horse hockey. It is not. Cholesterol is necessary. It's a nutrient that produces other molecules like our sex hormones, our adrenal hormones, our vitamin D. And as we lower cholesterol, we lose the ability to improve our levels of testosterone or estrogen or vitamin D. 
And we need cholesterol of every cell in the body. Now, if you want to fear something, fear a low level of the good cholesterol, the HDL. You don't want a low level. And fear triglycerides. So we're going to talk about that. And what you can do to improve and lower your triglyceride level and improve your good cholesterol. We'll talk about Alzheimer's disease. It is more about the brain than you thought, but there are nutrients that can help, and we'll share that too. We'll talk about sleep medications and how they affect older adults. And we'll talk about diet and diet sodas. They are still as crappy as any other soda. So don't think you're helping your health by drinking a diet soda. And then we'll talk about the toxic chemicals that are found in our environment. Breast cancer affects men too. Talk about that as well. We'll talk about all kinds of topics today that I think will interest you. So I don't want to waste a lot of time. So let's just go on with our new research on a berry called Amla, A-M-L-A. And it is primarily to balance your cholesterol levels, not lower your cholesterol levels, improve your cholesterol numbers. You want to improve the HDL. You want to lower the LDL. You don't want to lower the total cholesterol. And most doctors don't even look at the fractions of cholesterol. They say your cholesterol is 280. Oh, we got to lower it to 200. No, no, no. You need cholesterol. More people die. These are proven facts. No, more people die having low cholesterol. More people are unhealthy because of low cholesterol. And we should be fearing triglycerides. Triglycerides are a type of fat that's primarily manufactured in our body from sugar and carbohydrates. So do you really need to reduce your cholesterol levels? Absolutely not. Researchers analyzed the data from 47,000 people over the age of 75 that had no prior history of heart disease, but they were taking statin drugs as a preventative. This is so insane. Drugs are not preventative. There are some drugs that should be on the market. I'm not against all drugs. But we are taking too many drugs as prevention and for no reasons. When food is our best medicine. So these 47,000 people over the age of 75 that were taking statin drugs as a preventative, 
And what the researchers found was that the statin drugs were not associated with a reduced risk of heart disease at all or death from any cause. Drugs did not save lives. Now they did in one group, a very special, specific group. In people ages 75 to 84 with type 2 diabetes. But after the age of 85, from all the research, scientific research, your doctor doesn't have time to read the research. And after age 85, there are no benefits, no, no benefits for any statin drug was found helpful or beneficial, including people with diabetes. After the, 80, after the age of 85, never take a statin drug. It'll never give you any benefits. Now, there is another small group of people that it may, statin drugs may help. So we want to, we want to share the good and the bad. Men between the ages of 48 and 60 that has already had a heart attack, statin drugs may be of some benefit. May, I say may, be of some benefit. But you have to, you know, cholesterol is so important that our brain is only 2% of the body weight but uses 25% of all the cholesterol manufactured in our bodies for its function, for clarity, mental ability, skills. It keeps the brain working. Our body needs fat. That is F-A-T. Good fats, healthy fats, olive oil. Two and a half to three tablespoons of olive oil a day reduces the risk of heart disease by 50%. Take it off the spoon. I don't like to dribble it on my salads. I do, but I don't count, count that as the olive oil that I want in my body. Olive oil to me is a medicine. It's a natural medicine because it has so many benefits. It's an omega-9 fatty acid. So it's a form of omegas that we need in our body. And some people feel, some scientists feel that Alzheimer's disease may be caused because we don't have enough cholesterol. It's lowered. And we're seeing more Alzheimer's disease since we have been pounding and brainwashing people to take satin drugs. We don't need satin drugs. And studies have shown that for every person with a heart attack prevented by a sad drug, two or more people suffer liver damage, kidney failure, cataracts, and muscle weakness, wasting, and atrophy of the muscles, 
and pain. There is not a really good reason to use statin drugs. And yet billions of dollars, $40 billion of statin drugs are sold every year. And they want 100 million people on statin drugs annually. Boy, are they laughing all the way to the bank. So stop worrying about your cholesterol levels. What you want to do is to make sure the numbers are right. If your doctor says your cholesterol is whatever it is, 300, 200, say, I want to know the various fractions and what they are. You want to know the low LDL and what number that is. You want to know the HDL, what that number is. You want to know the total cholesterol, what that number is. And if you have an LDL, that's the low-density lipoprotein, that's the what's considered bad cholesterol, there are still two fractions of the bad cholesterol. And one fraction of the bad cholesterol is good. So fraction A is very good for us because the particles of the statin of the particles of the cholesterol are very very fluffy and cloud like they're big and fluffy and have no harm whatsoever but the fraction b probably stands for bad because those fractions are like hard bbs and we can't get rid of them they're harmful for us so remember don't lower your cholesterol unless you have a darn good reason. And I don't know of any reason. My cholesterol is 284. Healthy. I want it up there. But I have a very high HDL, a very low LDL, and that's what you want. The top number, the, the total number doesn't mean a thing. If they're judging your cholesterol level by just total cholesterol levels, means nothing. So remember, 25% of your body's cholesterol is found in the brain. And a study that had 32 years of data from 1968 to 2001 following individuals on cholesterol levels and mental function collected from 1,500 women found declining cholesterol levels from midlife to late life, found that those women with declining cholesterol levels, lowering cholesterol levels, increased, increased the risk of dementia, Alzheimer's disease. Where did Alzheimer's disease come from? Is it a coincidence that it may have happened from lowering the cholesterol? Over the last several decades, they came up with a new drug, a new reason to treat cholesterol levels, and now we have an increase of the risk of dementia, loss of memory, and Alzheimer's disease. So what should you be concerned about? Much of what I already have said. 
make sure that you do have a very high level, a good level, of HDL, the high-density lipoproteins. Women should be over 50. Men should be over 40. And make sure you have a low level of triglycerides. Because an increased amount of inflammatory triglycerides damages the heart more than cholesterol does. Cholesterol does not damage the heart. But oxidized cholesterol does. And that means we don't have enough antioxidants in our body to prevent oxidation of the cholesterol. That means the cholesterol in our bodies is turning rancid. Not having enough vitamins and minerals to improve antioxidant activity of the cholesterol. There is one very helpful berry. It's called gooseberry. Indian gooseberry. It almost looks like a small plum. When I was traveling through India, and I am so sad, I have not been there in almost two years because of the conditions around the world and in India. It's not safe, and they did not even allow anybody to enter India for a long time. They're starting to relax to allow some travelers to enter India, but I don't think it's still safe yet. But I'd love to go back and visit my very dear friends. I walked through India, picked gooseberry off the tree. It's not a shrub, it's a tree. And the gooseberries are probably twice the size of a large grape called AMLA, A-M-L-A, Indian gooseberry. And this prevents the oxidation of the low cholesterol. It reduces the triglycerides, the bad, bad heart molecule that destroys the heart. comes from carbohydrates and sugar. When anybody says to me, Terry, my doctor said my triglycerides are over 300, what do I do? Well, first of all, stop eating sugar and excessive carbohydrates. Go on a low-carb diet, like the, tri- like, like the ketogenic diet or the paleo diet. Low carbs. And the carbs that you do eat should come from fruits and vegetables and not from grains. And increase your HDL. And that's what Amla does. It increases the HDL. And here is a recent clinical trial that proves our point on Indian gooseberry. Here's a clinical trial. 98 people with abnormally high lipids, fats, total cholesterol, triglycerides, and high LDL, the bad cholesterol, were given a formula of AMLA, 500 milligrams per capsule, two capsules daily, or a placebo for 12 weeks. And here are the results from the group 
taking Indian gooseberry. They had a 73% lower total cholesterol and LDL cholesterol. 73% significantly lowers the bad cholesterol. And they had an 89% reduction in triglycerides, the bad, bad fats. In a separate trial of AMLA versus placebo, the HDL increased by 14%. The dosage is 1,000 milligrams a day of AMLA. The formulas I've seen are 500 milligrams per capsule. So you would take two capsules daily, one morning and one night. This helps significantly manage your cholesterol. And not to just lower your cholesterol, but improve the markers, the LDL, the HDL, lower the LDL, raise the HDL. These are all very important factors. You just don't want to lower your cholesterol artificially. And then with the drug, the statin drug, which has major side effects. Some people have so much pain in their muscles caused by statin drugs. And some, if they give up the statin drugs, The pain is gone. Some never, ever get rid of the pain. The pain in some people caused by statin drugs will never go away, ever. So here's a subject I want to start with, but we're almost running out of time. We're going to be coming up here for a break in just a moment at the bottom of the hour. But I want to talk about Alzheimer's disease. And it isn't just about the brain. We're learning more about Alzheimer's disease and how it affects many other fractions of our body. And I'll talk to you about what kind of compound or molecule or herb that we can use to improve this condition. So you can get all that right here on Terry Talks Nutrition. I'm Terry Naturally. And remember, for more... We don't have more than an hour, so but there's more on our website. Go to our website, Terry Talks Nutrition. You're going to learn all kinds of good things. You're going to see videos there, the radio show, the newsletter, all kinds of new tips every week. Uh, it's a brand new newsletter every week, and it's displayed on our website. You can also subscribe, so you get it to your email address every Friday. These are all things that you can use to increase and improve the quality of your knowledge to make better choices of your health. So we'll be back right here on Terry Talks Nutrition. I'm Terry Naturally. Right after these breaks, we'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back, my friends. This is Terry Naturally. And this is Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here every Saturday and Sunday morning, 8 o'clock till 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. And right now, we're going to be here to the top of the hour with more additional information on Alzheimer's disease, which isn't just about the brain. New research. Preventing Alzheimer's disease. Is it possible? 
Yes, new research shows that inflammatory inflammation, inflammation, the bottom root cause of almost 98% of all disease, inflammatory damage to the spleen, liver, lungs, and kidneys have been linked to increased risk of Alzheimer's disease. And today we have a very high level of inflammation to the liver, even in children. Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. One of the most common conditions that drug companies have not been able to find a drug to cure non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Years ago, this condition was caused by the consumption of alcohol. Alcoholics had fatty liver disease, cirrhosis of the liver, liver cancer. So now we call it non-alcoholic because alcohol is not involved in producing the current high levels of the population having fatty liver disease. So what has replaced the alcohol? Sugar. Sugar damages the liver. Carbohydrates damage the liver. There's more damage to our body from carbohydrates and sugar than any other food source. People with severe kidney disease have 20 to 30% increased risk of Alzheimer's disease. In a clinical study of people with fatty liver disease, the subjects or participants had smaller brain volumes equivalent to a brain seven and a half years older than people with healthy livers. So if you have an unhealthy liver, you are older by about seven and a half years in terms of your brain being more damaged. And kids today have a very high level of fatty liver disease. 18% of children are obese. When you're fat all over, you know that every one of your organs and glands, spleen, liver, lungs, kidneys, are all going to be affected. One thing you can have a significant benefit for your health is to lose weight. If you're, and 91% of all Americans are overweight, what they are called overly fat. And almost 50% of Americans are obese, regardless of race. 42% of all white Americans are obese. of all Hispanic 
Americans are obese. And 48% of black Americans are obese. Fat is a killer. And where does it come from? From eating sugar and carbohydrates. Because at one time we were brainwashed to believe that fats were bad for us. So as we gave up fats, everybody started eating more carbohydrates and sugar. And we're paying the price for it today. America is a sick, sick nation. New study using an animal model of Alzheimer's disease found that a very specific curcumin extract known as BCM that's B like in boy, C like in Charlie, M like in Mary. BCM 95. This was a study on curcumin and Alzheimer's disease and other organs in the body which prevented both inflammation in the various organs of the body and plaque deposits in the brain with Alzheimer's disease. So the levels of free curcumin from BCM95 were 200 to 300 times higher in the blood, liver, kidneys, and brain versus levels reported for other types of curcumin. The only curcumin that I ever recommend is BCM95. BCM95 BCM has over 75 studies associated with this form of curcumin. And about 35 or more are human clinical studies. It is the most studied curcumin in the world. There are over 18,000 studies on curcumin. But only one specific curcumin, BCM95, has the most individually attached to this form of curcumin. And it has a huge impact on reducing inflammation on all the organs, spleen, liver, lungs, kidneys, and Alzheimer's disease, the brain. So this is critical information. Now, insomnia is worldwide. People can't sleep a full night. They go to bed, they can't fall asleep. And then when they fall asleep, it may be for just hours. Sometimes two or three hours a night of good sleep is all many older adults get. So you want to think what do you want to, how do you want to improve your sleep quality and the time it takes for you to go to sleep? And think twice about taking sleep medications. You know, as I said, I think drugs are critical in our society. 
if we have an injury or accident or for some serious diseases, drugs may be a choice. But for many conditions that are caused by our lifestyle choices, we don't need drugs for. We need to improve our choices. We have the choice of choosing really healthy food, giving up the junk, giving up the sugar and sweets, giving up the carbohydrates, giving up all the refined and processed foods, getting rid of all the fast food. We have choices. We don't have to be fat. That's a choice. And I know a lot of people say, well, I can't lose weight. Because you're not changing anything to lose weight. You're just cutting down your calories. Or you're measuring portions. You're eating the same crappy food. And you can't lose weight until you get rid of the sugar and the carbohydrates. The American diet today is made up of about 400 to 500 grams of carbohydrates. 500 grams is a pound. So that's how much we consume in sugar. Because carbohydrates are converted to sugar in the body. So it's just another source of sugar. We're not just talking about the sugar in the sugar bowl. We're talking about all the foods that use sugar in the manufacturing and production of these foods. Packaged foods, prepared foods, processed foods. And then all the other bread and crackers and cookies and pies and cakes and, and, and pasta. and They're all carbohydrates. And it all converts to sugar. So we can make better choices. And in the case of sleep, more than one-third, close to a hundred million people, of adults over the age of 65 take prescription drugs or over-the-counter sleep medications. That is bad. Research shows that people taking sleep medications like Ambien or Lunesta fall asleep only eight minutes faster than people taking a placebo. But these drugs are nasty, nasty drugs. They double the risk of a fall or a fracture. They increase the risk of car accidents. They increase the risk of dementia, Alzheimer's disease. Also drugs like Tylenol or Benadryl cause these complications of dementia and Alzheimer's disease. These drugs don't put you to sleep. They knock you out. Some people that take these drugs 
go to the office or their occupational office or wherever they're going. And sometimes they end up there in their pajamas. Truly. Because when they get up, they're not awake. They're still unconscious. That's why they have more car accidents. That's why they fall. And they have more fractures. They sometimes get up through the night unknown to their that they are in the kitchen making food. They have been found in bed with food wrappers. They have been found in the kitchen with the stove on and the oven on and they're fast asleep. These drugs drug you not help you to sleep. They're very dangerous drugs. There are many things you can use for a good night's sleep. A certain combination of of oils, essential oils, are very, very helpful for falling asleep. Melatonin. I love the research on melatonin. I have researched melatonin for about Two years. I wrote a book on melatonin. And I highly suggest melatonin. And there's ways of taking melatonin, which I'll get to momentarily. But melatonin regulates the circadian rhythm. The body's sleep-wake cycle. And since no two people are alike... No one knows how much melatonin you should take. So you have to experiment on yourself a little bit to learn and gain the knowledge you need to know what works best for you. Don't just take melatonin and say, oh, it didn't work. Well, maybe that dosage didn't work. Maybe the time you took it didn't work. Melatonin is a molecule that's secreted from the pineal gland upon darkness. When dark or dusk arrives wherever you are, in whatever part of the country you are, in darkness the pineal gland is triggered through the, through the darkness of the, to the eye, the retina, that melatonin should be released. And it's released for many, many, many health conditions. It's one of the most versatile molecules in the world for our health. Just not for sleep only. Yes, it does help us sleep better because that's the time we take it. Sleep should be in the early hours of the night. If you go back to cavemen, when it was dark, they went to bed. They didn't turn on a light. They didn't have lights. They didn't turn on a screen of of a variety of screens like phones and games and TV. And people go to bed at night and they can't sleep, so they turn on the TV. And that inhibits all that light when it reaches the retina of the eye, because the retina of the eye should be in dark when it hits when the light hits the retina of the eye, 
all melatonin stops. And we need melatonin for a variety of conditions. Immune system, cardiovascular system, cancer, uh, antiviral. There are so many reasons to use melatonin. And if you want one of my books, go to my website, terrytalksnutrition.com and order a book, Melatonin, or any one of the other books. And we have to realize that stress, drugs, smoking, all stop the secretion of melatonin. And levels decline with age. A clinical study found that melatonin levels in older men were 50% lower versus younger men. And additionally, a study reported that melatonin levels in older adults can be at their lowest in the early morning hours, such as 3 a.m. And that's when melatonin levels should be at their highest, the peak level. That's when you really get your sleep. For better sleep, I would suggest take 5 or 10 milligrams of melatonin and I suggest a very special form of melatonin called sustained release. When melatonin is released from the pineal gland under a perfect conditions in darkness, it continues to release this molecule. So we have it flowing all the night time. So we have an advantage of melatonin throughout the whole night. That's the way it should be taken. But many people take 5 or 10 milligrams of melatonin and the half-life of melatonin is about 35 to 45 minutes. Now the half-life means 50% of whatever you're taking whatever substance, and in this case melatonin, is excreted out of the body within that 35 to 45 minutes. So if you really want to get a good night's sleep throughout the night, take a sustained release melatonin, which means that the tablet has been developed to release melatonin over a period of 5 to 7 hours. So you're getting a continuous flow of melatonin. It's really the best way to get a full night's sleep. If you go to bed and you've taken a regular melatonin tablet without being sustained release, you go into the bathroom and you turn on the light, bingo. That light hits the retina of your eye, melatonin stops production and does not make it any more that night. So any light, TV, screens, phones, lights in the bathroom, and please, if you have a child, don't let them sleep with a night light. That night light stops the whole production of melatonin. So take a sustained release. Give your child a 5 milligram sustained release. For adults, I would suggest 10 to 20 milligrams of sustained release melatonin. 
If you go into the bathroom, even if you turn on a light, yes, it affects the melatonin release, but you have a tablet in your gut that is still releasing melatonin throughout the night. So when you go back to bed, you go back to a sound sleep again. So I would suggest, I'm not trying to make you buy books. In fact, I don't make, I don't make any money on books. I'm just, I'm not interested in it. It just pays for for writing the books and for for publishing the books. But I would suggest you buy the book called Wake Up. Melatonin is for is is for more than just sleep. It's an amazing book based on 28,000 studies of research on melatonin. You can search for it on Amazon as well or follow the link to terrytalksnutrition.com or you can look for it in health books around the, around the country. So how much diet is there in diet sodas? Well, it certainly is not going to help your diet. Are you trying to diet? Are you dieting with diet soda? Well, a new study found that artificial sucralose, one brand name is Splenda, increased food cravings versus, versus natural sugar sucrose. So, the artificial is just to get you hooked to crave more. The more diet soda you drink, the more food cravings you're going to experience. When healthy volunteers consume drinks sweetened with sucralose versus sucrose, sweetened drinks, or plain water, they had more activity in the brain, the brain areas, associated with appetite and cravings. They got you hooked. That's why you drink more diet soda. You crave it because they addicted you to it by using artificial sweeteners. And it reduced levels of hormones that prevent cravings. So your craving hormones are spiked. They're very high. And they increase food intake when snacks or meals were offered ate more, gained more weight, craved more, craved more sugar, more carbohydrates, more diet soda. So they found that low or zero calorie artificial sweeteners were not helpful for dieting at all. Boy, the food manufacturers can play a lot of games. Our health is actually undermined by drug companies and the food manufacturers. You've got to be prepared 
to know how to eat and choose a lifestyle of good health or you're going to be sick and on drugs, maybe for the rest of your life. Chemicals, they're everywhere. Most of these, most of these chemicals are called everywhere chemicals because they are used in hundreds of consumer products. They're used in plastics to keep them more flexible. Hoses, kid toys, vinyl flooring, shampoo, hairspray, cosmetics to make the fragrances last longer. So researchers measured the urinary concentration of these chemicals in over 5,000 adults and then tracked their health over the next 10 years. So consumers that use a lot of synthetic ingredients, a lot of synthetic, like plastics, kids' toys, vinyl flooring, which are loaded with chemicals. And these chemicals have previously been linked to childhood obesity, asthma, eczema, and cancer. So we're just about out of time. Probably don't have enough time to open up another another subject. I'd have to rush it in order to complete it. But what I would like to suggest, you're learning more about your health. Are you doing anything about your health? Overweight will never help you be healthy. Being obese You're against all odds. You're not healthy. You're sick. That's why obesity is one of the major conditions that prevent people with COVID-19 becoming well or even dying. So lose weight. Get rid of the sugar and the carbohydrates. Choose better fats like olive oil, avocado oil, macadamia nut oil, butter, lard, cream, all the good fats, coconut oil, all these are good fats, more protein, more fruits and vegetables, less grains, and you can become healthier. Follow the ketogenic diet or the paleo diet. And with that, my friends, I'm all out of time. I'll be back here tomorrow at 9 o'clock. So join me again tomorrow. Until, Until tomorrow, say a prayer for this crazy, insane world. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you for listening to Terry Talks Nutrition Weekly Show. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple, Google, and iHeartRadio.